Thank you for tuning into a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Well, good morning. I hope you weren't really expecting Aaron. He's like traveling some mountains and having a ball with his family. So um, my name's Barb Van Ector, and actually my family and I have been attending Centerpoint Church for about three years now. Uh, just a little bit about me. I married my best friend, Byron. Uh, we've been married for about 35, 38, sorry, honey, 38 years ago. Um, I always say I think he loves me more now than what he did 38 years ago. We actually grew up together. We went to the same high school. We, we actually, from kindergarten on up, and graduated together. I think our, the amount of kids in our class was like 66. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty small uh, class, but um, we fell in love. And we have two absolutely wonderful children, Nicole and Jacob. And uh, they have blessed us with two bonus children. And our bonus children are, is Justin and Erica. And then as you can see, uh, Justin and Nicole gave us three absolutely beautiful grandchildren. So before we get started, um, I'd like to ask for you to do a favor for me. Today is actually Pastor Appreciation Day. And so I know they talked about the Connect cards and filling them out for the first time. But sometime during this message, it's okay if you write, I can't see you anyway. Um, but if you just take a little note, would you just write Aaron a note and just maybe thanking him for his service or Sydney for leading the praise team. But I'd really appreciate that. I would love for him to come back and be flooded with Connect cards, thinking he's got to take all these people out for coffee. Um, but it would be great if you could just send a note of appreciation to Aaron. So with that, Aaron asked me to talk on this series on fear. And I'm telling you, the enemy did not waste any time at all. All I heard was, Barb, can you do it? What if you say something wrong? What if no one shows up? So actually, someone very, very close to me said to me, Mom, what qualifies you to preach? And I really, you know, I thought about it, and I went, oh, my gosh. And then I thought long and hard and got the, the enemy's words out of my head, and I went, my husband and wife, or my husband and kids tell me I preach all the time. I'm qualified to preach. So here I am. Anyway, thank you for coming because that checked off the first box of fear. So if you don't mind, would you just um, bow your head with me just for a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, will you just use me, your crooked stick, to please speak your straight truth? Please calm my fears of speaking today and open the hearts of all of us in this room to hear from you today. Amen. So today we're going to talk about fear. And this is part of this month's series of Peace of Mind. So when he asked me, he says, okay, Barb, talk about fear. All right, well, I can tell you a ton of stories about fear, but I really wanted to know what the Bible said about fear. So I looked in the Bible, and did you know that fear is actually mentioned 500 times? Did you know that fear not is mentioned 365 times? Now, if I did my math right, that's every single day of the year God's telling us to fear not. So, mic drop, boom, end of story. Right? 
But why do we let fear consume us all the time? And I was the biggest. And um, one of my biggest fears that I had to overcome was the fear of darkness and the fear of being alone at night. Now, I have a ton of stories that I think can excuse me and allows me to have that fear. See, when I was young, my cousin and I, we were babysitting, and it was out in the um, farm country, and for those of you, I'm dating myself, but you remember when you used to have the gas on the farm to fill up the, the truck tanks and things like that? Um, well, we saw lights come in the driveway, my cousin and I, so we thought the owners were home. We sat down, we put our shoes on, and all of a sudden, the owners come flying in the house, and they tell us to get down, they have a gun. And we're like, what are you talking about? And they're like laying over the top of us, telling us to get down. And it took minutes, it seemed like hours, and the next thing I know, I remember seeing the red and the blue lights, and the cops had, had obtained uh, the people that, they just came, they just needed gas, but they were going to rob us for the gas. So with that, I became very fearful of the darkness. And I remember many, many nights, see at, our, at the house I grew up with, my bedroom was upstairs and my mom and dad's and my brother's bedroom was downstairs. And because I allowed that fear just to truly overtake me, there were many, many nights that I was so scared to sleep upstairs by myself. I would sneak down into my brother's bedroom. I would push him off to the side and I would say, if you tell mom or dad, I'll hurt you. So Billy, thank you for not ratting me out to mom and dad. But it was a true fear that really overtake, overtook me. Then when Byron and I were married, we moved out to Denver. And we were living out there and we're living in these really nice apartments and all of a sudden it's the middle of the night, we hear this huge bang and the next thing we know we sat up and there's someone sitting at the edge of our, standing at the edge of our bed. And he put his hands behind his back and he said, don't move, I've got a gun. And so I froze, I panicked. Byron kind of noticed that he was off balance a little bit. And so he took, my husband took the lamp, threw it at the guy, knocked him over. I won't even tell you what Byron did to him all the way out the steps and down the stairwell until the cops got there. But bottom line, it was just he, he thought his girlfriend locked him out of his apartment. And so he knocked down the door to get in. He was in the wrong building. So he really wasn't there to hurt us. But what do you think that did to me with already what I was filling my mind with? So after that incident, and I'm not proud to say this at all, I would actually, my husband worked the second, or I'm sorry, the night shift at Denver University, and um, I would actually take furniture and I would push it up against the door at night because I was so afraid of someone coming in. So when he would leave, I, believe it or not, would push the couch up against the door. That was fine for a while until one night when my husband came home in the middle of the night. See, I forgot to tell you, I also slept with a shotgun underneath my bed. I can't figure out, Byron, why did we take a shotgun to Colorado? I, I don't know, but we had a shotgun. And, um, and it was underneath my bed, and Byron decided to come home one night in the middle of the night because he forgot something. I didn't know that. He pushed the couch away from the front door, he, and I heard it. He came in the bedroom, and he was met with the barrel of the shotgun. 
when I almost took my husband out is when I knew that I had to get control of this fear. So then another fear came along. And that's this one. And that happened about three years ago. I was diagnosed with adenoid cystic carcinoma. Aaron, when I, I did this, this message for Aaron before he left, and Aaron goes, I really think you need to put that up there. They need to see. And so I went, okay. So I put the diagnosis up there, but when I did that, I gave it ownership. It doesn't have any ownership over me. So I was diagnosed with cancer. It's a very rare form. It makes my throat get really dry. But um, I, I shared with you, a lot of you, some of my story of that cancer treatment and that cancer process. It wasn't fun. They strapped me to a table and put this mask over the top of me, and it, it, it just it wasn't fun at all. But I think the biggest thing was um, it was during COVID, and I was alone the entire time. I had to go in alone. I had to come out by myself. Um, so I really, really needed to trust God in that. And you know what? They removed the tumor. The radiation was done, and the doctor says, you're good. You're good. Now, there's a diagnosis with it that says that it's always there, and it may come back. And so um, Satan kind of used this time, uh, because it was just on Wednesday that I received a phone call from my doctor that said, I'm sorry, Barb, there's another lump. And he said, but you know what? We're not going to worry about it. And I just kind of sat there, and I kind of chuckled a little bit, and I went, you know, Satan, you're really good, but my God is bigger. And so we'll deal with this too. And if I let fear overtake me, can you imagine what would have happened to this message? And so I just couldn't let Satan get in. But my biggest fears through all that were the fears of the what-ifs, and still kind of are the fears of the what-ifs. So what if during this cancer treatment, or what if I lose my job? What if Byron loses his job? How will we financially make it? But my biggest one was, was how in the world do I glorify God? How do I glorify God in the midst of this? Am I really going to be able to walk the talk? And I wasn't sure. So here I am. I'm supposed to be a Christian woman standing in front of you, telling you all of the fears that I have dealt with. I was letting fear control me. I didn't realize that it was Satan or devil or the devil. Some of you may call him that. I, really, I call him the enemy. I just don't like the dude because he comes and he steals and he wants to take everything away from me. It's not going to happen. So what about you? Where does your fear lie? Is it with your marriage? Come on, we all have fears. We just need to recognize them. Are they with your children? Are you fearful something may happen to your children? What about your finances? That's a big one. How about your health? What about relationships or rejection? Some of you may have been even fearful walking into church today. What about retirement? My best friend is, is retired, effective Friday. And I'll tell you, I watched her go through some pretty heavy fears with that. Let's look at the definition of fear. So it says that it's an emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, 
whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling or condition of being afraid. I don't really like those words. You know, it's kind of like to run from, dismay, dread, terror, panic. And then I thought, you know what? I don't want those words in my vocabulary. Let's look at the opposite of fear. Courage, security, calmness, fondness. I'll take them. So some common fear triggers that automatically happen for a lot of us is the darkness, is that loss of visibility at night. Maybe it's heights or flying. Maybe it's standing in front of people. What about social interaction, rejection? What about stakes, rodents? My son-in-law loves spiders, not. Death, dying. My little Elise, my middle grandchild, her and I were at Bay Beach a couple weeks ago, and um, we went up on a, what did we go on, Elise? It was one of those, um, oh, it was a Ferris wheel, right? But it was a great big one. And, um, and it was the one that like six of you can sit in and then it has the canopy over. Well, we started going up and fear gripped that little girl, totally gripped her. And we just talked it through and told her that nothing was going to happen and she had to get those really bad thoughts out of her head because we're going to put the good thoughts in. So we started looking at the sunshine. We looked at the birds. We looked at the water. And we saw all the beauty. And what happened by the time we were done? You wanted to go again, didn't you? You had such a good time. See, that's what happens with fear, is it just binds us. So you heard some of my fears. Well, <laughs> like I said, some. Let's look at some of the verses that, that kind of helped me through those fears that I was experiencing. So this one is in Isaiah 41. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and uphold you. I will, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, for I am with you. How many of you really believe that? I know for me it was just words in a book. And I wasn't truly allowing God to allow me to experience that for I am with you. Let's take a look at Deuteronomy. Now this is when, um, this is when they, the Moses, they were getting to the promised land and Moses had to kind of hand over the reins to Joshua and Joshua was going to be the one to take um, the people into the promised land. And, and they heard, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. Because see, even in the promised land, there was some nasty people in there. And so they said, God said, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because of them. Because the Lord God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Never. What about Matthew? Matthew 6, 25 through 26. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. This one we kind of know, right? What you will eat, what you will drink, what about your body, what you'll wear. Is life not more than food? Well, okay. I kind of like food, but... Um, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. 
yet their heavenly father feeds them. But there is a piece of that verse that I didn't put up there, and to me it's the most important part. Because right after that it says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, but what can we take away from our life? If it controls us, we miss out on a lot. Jesus tells us to stop being worried or anxious. So why in the world do we tor torture ourselves doing it? Don't we trust him? He says we're of great value to him. Are we not aware that this is the enemy talking to us? So what was my turning point? I needed to trust the words that I was reading, and I needed to trust them daily and actually even every moment. But there's a real battlefield that takes place in our mind. And I just finished, um, it was actually a couple years ago, I read this book, The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, and my eyes were completely opened. I could not believe how the enemy so easily could sneak in and steal my thoughts. And I'm a control freak. I mean, I like to control everything that's around me. I did not realize that it was Satan sneaking in and just implanting those thoughts in my mind. When we let fear and worry, this is what Joyce said, and I find this amazing. When we let fear and worry fill our minds, that distracts us from serving the Lord. Hmm. Joyce said that it's absolutely impossible to worry and to live in peace at the same time. You can't do it. It's a little scary, isn't it? It's impossible to worry and to live in peace at the same time. See, peace is present in us. It's there. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But we must choose it. It's something that we must go after. I love the King James Version of fear not. Or actually, it's the King James Version of worry. Instead of him saying in, in the Bible, worry, he says, fret not, which means to take no thought of. Take no thought. See, the evil one wants to keep our thoughts busy with fears and worry, so we don't have time to use our, God, our mind for God's purpose. I love this. Joyce Myers calls it stinking thinking. See, I have this concept. My kids say they're going to put it on my gravestone one day. Um, and it's called garbage in is garbage out, or equals garbage out. And where does that come from? I don't know. Years ago, I remember when Nicole um, first started in gymnastics. And I was bound and determined that um, she was not going to listen to any other music but Christian music because I wanted her head filled with Christian music. Well, let me tell you, one day in gymnastics, took care of all that. She was coming home singing all sorts of songs. And I'm like, Nicole, what you're putting in is what's going to come out. And then my son, God love him, he loves to find the raunchiest songs and TikTok videos. And he'll go, Mom, check this out. And I'm like, Jacob, garbage in is garbage out. I say it like this. Okay, if you eat a ton of hot dogs, what's going to come out? Come on, it's pretty nasty. So we need to really be careful what we put in 
because that's what's going to come out. Another way I like to look at it is what are you opening your door to? You know how we hear that um, Jesus stands at the door and knocks? So I want you to really think about what are you opening your door to? What type of movies are we watching? I will tell you, you will never in your life see me watching a horror film. It won't happen because I know I won't sleep for days. Now, some of you may really like that and get your adrenaline going. That's fine. But let's be careful with the movies that we're watching. What movies are we watching in front of our children? What type of news are we listening to? You know, if you're constantly putting the negative news in, I do like to listen to the news, but my husband and I, we have to be very careful and we kind of joke about, all right, really, you know, let, let's be real here. What about others' views or values? Are we letting them control our mind? Music? Or what about the Bible? How much time are we spending putting those verses in? I know I'm going to share with you one area of fear that you may think is really, really small, and you may think that um, when I say this to you that I'm pushing you to do something, and I'm really not. See, I've always been told that worship or that a church service is three parts, all right? It's the worship, it's the teaching, and it's the relationships, and that worship piece, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. At the church that we went to prior to coming to Center Point, there was this woman, and um, she was absolutely beautiful. She was a tiny little lady, red hair, and when she would worship, I mean, she would worship, and she would dance and sway, and she'd be in the hallways. And I remember the first time I went freak. And then I just kept looking at her going, what is it about her? What is it that she can worship and not care at all about what anyone else is thinking? And God just worked on me and worked on me because you know what was filling my head, right? Okay, don't do that because you don't know what your family's going to think. Don't raise your hands. You don't know what, you know, people over there are going to say about you. Um, but I wanted so deeply in my soul to worship like God was right in front of me. So one day I did it. One day, I just raised my hand in worship. And what happened? Yep, Satan hit immediately. Jesus freak, what you doing? Everybody's looking at you. Your arm smells. I don't know what it was. It just, it was a ton of stuff. And I just pushed Satan right out of my mind and went, Lord, I am here to worship you. And that was a really hard fear for me to overcome. Because even after I did it, and even after I was praising him with all my heart and soul, the attacks kept coming from my lovely children. Check this out. This is what Jacob shows me. If you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us. Feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. 
Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to go post. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. So I do a lot of the wash in the window, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I don't say that to you so that I'm pressuring you to um, raise your hands. That's not what it's about. I'm asking you to search your heart. What does worship look like for you? And is fear controlling that? What is God saying to you today? I'd like you to take a look at Mark 6, 45. I really found these verses really interesting. So you see in Mark, this is when um, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000, all right? So a few loaves of bread, a little bit of fish, and he just fed 5,000 people with that. The disciples just witnessed this amazing miracle. And Jesus said, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Okay? That was in verse 45. And in verse 53, when they had crossed over, they landed. And notice I don't say the names of the places because I don't have a clue. Anyway, they landed there and anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, the people recognized Jesus. Sounds good, right? Got in the boat, went to the other side. I love casting crowns, and they sing this amazing song called Voice of Truth, and in this song actually tells this story and what happened in between. Check it out. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat and then under the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone to the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed the waves they keep on telling me time and time again boy you never win you never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid And the voice of truth Says this is for my glory 
Go, Peter. Listening to the voice of truth. Is that what we listen to? See, because there was a lot that happened in between there, wasn't there? Between get in the boat and go to the other side and I'll meet you. And them getting to the other side. There was a storm. They were scared. There was a lot happening. They had fear that overtook them. And how many times is it like that in our life? That we start in verse 45 and we say, we're going to do this. I'm going to make this change. I'm going to do this. And you start out to go to the other side. And then a whole lot of you-know-what happens in the middle. And you get scared. And you turn around and go back. And you say, I'm not going to do that. I'm too afraid. But with God, we can make it through the other side, but we need to trust him. We can't do it on our own will. We need to trust God to get us to that other side. See, growth from fear is faith. So at the beginning, I shared my fears with you. The first one is with the darkness. See, I had to believe this psalm. I think I have 20 shirts with this psalm on it. <laughs> I truly had to believe it. I'm not going to read it for you today. In fact, that's if, if, you, if I can give you homework, would you mind just maybe checking it out this week? If you have fears, this was my psalm. Just imagine God covering me with his wings and saying, I've got you, girlfriend. That's how I took care of the darkness. Of the cancer, it was Psalm 23. And it says, I will not fear no evil. Your rod and staff are with me. When I was laying clamped to that table with that mask on and radiation treatment coming in and burning my skin, God, you are with me. Because if I would have let Satan fear my mind, I would have been out of there. But I'll tell you, the biggest thing that helped me through those cancer treatments was Christian music. They pumped that in. I allowed them two songs. That's all they were allowed. See, I still am in control. They had two songs to finish that radiation treatment. But I sat there and listened to those songs and put scriptures in my head to make it through that treatment. There were times that the, the ladies came in, or they didn't come in ever, but they said over the loudspeaker, Barb, put your hands down, because I'd be like starting to praise. Um, you see a victory? That song they sang this morning, they had no idea that was a song that carried me through. That song came on more than any other song when I was receiving those treatments. And I'd put my hands up and the ladies would say, Barb, you got to put your hands down. I'm like, but I'm praising. And they said, but we're giving you a treatment. Um, and the last one that I, I had a fear of that I really didn't share with you was of the loss of, of a job. See, actually, about 10 years ago, I was cut back on my hours. Uh, I work at the hospital, and I'm an onboard, I was an onboarding specialist, and at, that was at the time we weren't hiring. And so, of course, they had to cut my hours back. So they cut them back by about 20 hours. And when that happened, I panicked, completely panicked, and I ran, and I did whatever I could to pick up another 20 hours. So I ran to another department, and I said, Angie, please, please, would you give me hours because financially I won't be able to make it. My husband, I, I need the money. Really, seriously? You want to know what happened in that time? So I took the job. I was miserable. And that was at the same time my dad was dying. He was diagnosed with cancer. 
And I truly believe that if I would have stopped and listened to God and just trust him, I would have been just fine without that 20 hours and I would have been given an amazing gift of time with my dad. But I didn't listen. I jumped, I panicked, and I did what I thought I needed. So how do we do it? So we have to go to the Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. So this is my verse. I had to cast my cares on all anxiety. I had to cast all my anxiety on him. I had to realize that he really cared for me. Let's see how to do it. All right? This may sound like a really big laundry list, but I'm telling you, it's what works. We need to read and study and meditate on God's word. We need to trust it. How many of you, and I can't see, so you know, um, don't let fear keep you from holding your hands up. Um, how many of you, if you left home without your cell phone, how many of you would turn around and go get it? Okay. How many of you, I would, I'd turn around and go get it. How many of you, if you left home without you forgot to pray or study or meditate if that was part of your process. How many of you would turn around and go do that? Me neither. Where are our priorities? Remember who you are and whose you are. I stated I was a control freak, but you know what? Who was I allowing to control me? I was allowing the evil one to control me. I need to remember who I am I am God's girl. I need to examine. We need to examine ourselves. We need to be careful what we're putting in, and we need to be careful for what we're opening our door to. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Pray about everything, not just the great big things, okay? The little itty-bitty things. You need to encourage yourself. What does your self-talk sound like? Are you filling your mind with positives? We need to refuse to speak curses over our life. Don't let the enemy fill your mind. Get your heart and mind in agreement with God, what God wants in your life. See, do it even if you're afraid. So some truths that I want to leave you with. By faith, David defeated that giant. And there was a lot that David went through before he defeated that giant. By faith... Peter stepped out of the water, onto the water. By faith, Moses parted the sea. By faith, Barb completed the radiation treatments. By faith, maybe you took that new job or maybe you left that job. By faith, maybe you stepped into church today for the first time. By faith... Are you looking to God for direction in what you're dealing with right now? By faith, you may raise your hands or close your eyes. You might sing for the first time today. See, faith is leaning entirely on God, entirely. No doubt, having confidence in his wisdom and his goodness and his love for you. He just wants us to trust him. So lean on him. Go to him. Faith is believing that something good is going to happen, even in the midst of darkness. See, fear's there. There's no doubt. Fear's there, and it will always be there. But it's how we're going um, um, to overcome it. Faith has power. 
but so does fear. Fear believes that something bad's going to happen, and fear believes, or fear is actually going to hold us captive. Fear is going to keep us what the Lord wants to give us. This last slide, I believe I, it was from the Joyce Meyer book. Um, it's something I wrote down, and I love it. Having faith in God over fear means trusting in God's plan and provision. Even in the face of uncertainty, in difficulties, in danger, it involves acknowledging and facing our fears, but not allowing them to control us or consume us. It's all about courage. It's not the absence of fear, it's going forward. It's not about listening to the lies of Satan, but it's about the promises of God. Just one step at a time, okay? Just do it, even if you're afraid. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for loving us, for being our Abba Father. Lord, thank you for your protection as we go about this week. Lord, please open our hearts so that we may see what you have in store for us. And Lord, if I may, we have one member of this church that I know of that is sitting right now in a hospital room. And he is one of the most beautiful souls that I know. So Lord, I pray for healing on Keegan. Lord, please lift him up and bring him home very, very soon. I love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.